Hello, you beautiful soul. My name is Heaven. I am a Reiki teacher, a spiritual coach, a light worker, and a truth seeker. A large part of my role is to bring awareness to all things spiritual, personal development, and the truths of this world. I am so happy to have you here. Okay, so today we have, as everyone on here knows, my beautiful sister. She's been on here before for a podcast episode, but today's is a little different. Today we're going to be talking about something that honestly, we've been scared to talk about for so long, but we're not in fear anymore. We're here to speak up and rise up against any of that. And I'm glad I'm doing it with her. I don't know if I'd be able to do it entirely alone, to be honest. And we're really just here to educate and create awareness around something that we see all too often, all too often. So Cal, if you want to, I know you've introduced yourself before, but if you want to reintroduce yourself, go ahead, go for it. Well, most of you already know me if you know heaven, but I'm Callie. Um, as for introduction, I honestly have no idea what I'm doing with my life right now. So <laughs> like, I really don't know what to introduce myself as other than heaven's sister right now. But I will say definitely into the spiritual realm like heaven, which is kind of why we're talking about this together because we've gone through this experience together. We're both really into, of course, conspiracies. This isn't a conspiracy, however, but all that <laughs> deeper stuff, which is kind of how we ended up recording this episode because one day I started just watching a bunch of documentaries about cults and I really got down that rabbit hole not too deep, but deep enough. And I realized, okay, this is actually way more of a problem than we realize in our own community right in front of us, just on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's not even just about these physical communes with cults that are secluded in like a physical place. These are online right in front of us. Mm -hmm. Really, really easy to get trapped into them just like we were. Absolutely. They're so accessible now. It's so different with you know, this new age technology that we're experiencing, especially in the last two years where we've seeked community online, that has just been a breeding ground. If you're not careful for something like this to happen. I mean, Callie and I are pretty logical people and it happened to us. So that's why we just really want to come on and, you know, show what it was, you know, our experience with it, what it can look like, what it can feel like. Um, to spread that awareness because it's really, really important. It's really dangerous. Um, and we don't like to fear monger. That's not what we stand for, but we do like to talk about the hard things that are out there that are happening. And that's exactly what the point of all of this is. And because I feel like we've shadowed ourselves for so long due to just being so scared to speak up because you just don't know how people are going to respond, but we're like, no, fuck that. We're, we're done with that. Not, no, no. <laughs> Exactly. And a big sign, a big sign that you are in a cult or a group like this is that you're too afraid to speak up about it after the fact. And it's been, you know, over a year or about a year. Yeah. And we're like, no, no, this needs to be spoken about because it is the truth and we're no longer here to hide it. And I think the worst part about it is that right now, People are looking for support. People are looking for meaning in their life. They're looking for either religious or spiritual, you know, support. Mm -hmm. And that can be very easily taken advantage of by certain individuals if you're not careful, because it's really easy to be going down that path and seeing something that feels good at first and is making you feel like your life is changing, but actually trapping you in a worse circumstance. And that's why we're really bringing awareness to it because- Quite honestly, after the whole experience, I think Heaven and I both realized, okay, we have to relearn everything now. We don't know what was true. We don't even know where we are on our own spiritual path. We have to learn our own intuition again. And I mean, that's what Heaven does with her coaching programs entirely. <laughs> so, And that's where it's really beautiful to see my clients do it in a really enlightened way, in a really empowering way, because that wasn't my experience. And I had to do that for myself. So 
to come forward and recognize that I had to go what we had to go through what we went through for a really honestly don't know the reason fully still (laughs) coming to learn it but I do know one of the reasons is so that I can step into this leadership role to not have people go through that because it was honestly one of the worst times of my life I was in fear all of the time I was I felt little I felt small I felt trapped I felt it was horrible horrible I I've secluded myself entirely, isolated myself. And it was mm-hmm. a really hard time that no one knew. We hardly even knew what we were going through actually, because we were so in it and manipulated that now that we're out, it's like, holy, that was worse than we thought it even was. And it took us honestly, like coming out of it. I felt like I had left this relationship that was so toxic and my heart, it took my heart a long time to heal. I was experiencing still nightmares and feeling like I was still in it. Like it was really traumatic and I don't even throw the word trauma around so easily and lightly, but it was, it was intense. And that's why, you know, here we are a year later, finally, like, even as I say these things, my body is still responding in ways where I'm like, oh my gosh, that was terrifying and horrible. But I think that even recording this podcast is going to give us a new power and claim our power back in a new way to help other people that are going through this. Cause I've had so many people approach me who have gone through the exact same thing, seeking support. And so here we're doing it on a broader kind of scale to get it out there. Right. I think it's just gotten to the point where it is time to talk about it Mm -hmm. and really it was just overnight. I was like, no, I'm ready. And I wasn't ready for months and months and months. And the, the funniest thing I think too, about it is by the time it was coming to an end, I was so emotionally disconnected. So like I logically knew what was going on. So as soon as it came to an end, I was so happy. And I was like, nope, I'm out. Whereas heaven, for example, was distraught, confused, really upset So it was just really interesting. And it goes to show that, you know, sometimes there's different attachments and some people figure it out. Some people don't, but it's crazy. (laughs) Honestly, it's crazy. It is. Okay. So let's start with just saying the definition of what we found that we feel like resonates so deeply with what a cult even is. So A cult is a group or movement held together by a shared commitment to a charismatic leader or ideology. It has a belief system that has the answers to all of life's questions and offers a special solution to be gained only by following the leader's rules. That is like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) what we experienced basically like, yeah, is what we found online. There's many different versions of a cult, as we said. There were experiencing the one online. There's ones that, you know, I've just watched that Netflix series, The Fundamentalist. There's that version of a cult that is also terrifying to watch and witness. There's so many versions out there. And that's why we're really just going to break down what it feels like to be involved because you can apply that to anything. Yes. And again, a lot of them are really different. Sometimes they're held together by religion or spirituality, or even other types of groups. And also a lot of them do have different intentions. Mm -hmm. A lot of leaders of those groups, I feel like don't even realize what they're doing and it's really harmful. Others do like the, um, FLDS on Netflix. Is that what they're called? The fundamentalists. Yep. You know, there was like some serious crime behind that Mm -hmm. with like sex crimes and underage sex crimes. And that, I mean, Regardless, all of these types of groups are harmful and dangerous in a way, but there's so many different types. They manifest so differently. So keep that in mind because mm-hmm. we're really trying to emphasize this new way of seeing it online. And we're not the first ones to talk about it. Honestly, even TikTok mm-hmm. can be very culty with the spiritual side of it, of what you have to do, what you can't do. If you don't share this, then you're going to have bad luck. Like that mm-hmm. in itself is manipulation. So. Yeah. It's so true. I didn't even think of that. And that's why I deleted TikTok because I'm like, no more of that. I mean, yeah. not many reasons, but that's so true. That is an easy one to fall into to think that you have to follow all these rules to be considered spiritual. Oh, I no. guess we can start with that one, actually. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. yeah. So 
typically when you're in a cult, you have a set of rules to follow and you don't know them going into it. You're taught them and you cannot, you cannot stray outside of them or you get basically a huge slap on the wrist. The first time, the first time is likely a slap on the wrist or, you know, you have the whole group shaming you saying, Oh no, that is bad. Why would you think that? Um, but you basically have a set of rules that that's, we'll put it into spiritual terms. If you want to be considered spiritual, you have to follow X, Y, Z, which yes. Yeah. Outside of it. (laughs) Definitely. No, definitely not. Like being outside of that to be enlightened, you don't have to do anything. And I think all these rules just actually steer you away from that. Mm -hmm. So these rules are usually connected to very, I would say material or earthly pleasures. So you can't drink alcohol or you're not spiritual Mm -hmm. or you can't eat certain foods or you're not spiritual or you can't do this. You can't do that. And then there's also, if you don't meditate for four hours a day, you're not spiritual enough. And not only that, your business is going to fail. Yeah. That was our experiences. I remember it so clearly. Um, I've always had an iffy relationship with alcohol, actually both Callie and I, honestly, not in the sense that we were full on alcoholics, but in the sense of it doesn't affect us in the best way for like a few days afterwards, like most people. Um, and with that relationship, I felt a lot of shame around it as I was trying to navigate my spiritual journey. And that was already something that I was working on. And I was told from our cult leader, we should say, I guess. (laughs) Um, I was told that if I drank alcohol and when I drank alcohol, um, negative spirits were going to get my soul. Um, my past loved ones would hate me. My past on loved ones would hate me. So using my dead grandparents against me, which happened on um, many occasions, that was just one, um, that they would hate me that, yeah, basically you know, Satan was coming for my soul. And that's a really terrifying thing to hear when you're already deep doing shadow work on something within you. It's really, really hard. And I'm here to say that if you drink alcohol, you are still a spiritual being. If you don't drink alcohol, you are still a spiritual being sobriety. You can choose what feels best for your body, but no one's coming for you. If you choose to have a drink. (laughs) No, no, exactly. And I totally do believe the whole spirits thing and the veil and everything with alcohol, but the important part of alcohol, just as a side note, is just being aware of the energies and what you're actually consuming is a poison. Like just, just be real with it. Don't be oblivious to the fact that it is a poison because it is, if you want to choose to drink it, I drink it too. So you know, like at the end of the day, nothing to be shameful about. We're here on earth to have a human experience. And it doesn't always have to be. So if you do that, this, you know, and Mm -hmm. it goes even deeper than that from just like basic level of stuff. It usually goes down to relationships and they only know what's best for certain relationships in your life and these people in your life and people you need to cut off and people that aren't good for you, which turns into isolation as well. Absolutely. So I look at my previous toxic relationship and how I would never call him a cult leader. That's not what that was, but he had insecurities that made me isolate myself. However, with the cult leader that Callie and I experienced, it was very much again, using our spirituality saying that if we didn't cut people off, which FYI, both Callie and I have coached. We would never tell a client to cut anyone off. That would never happen if you're not ready to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, No, absolutely not inappropriate. And we were told if we didn't cut certain people off that they were going to come for our soul, they were going to come for our cat's soul, our family's soul, and basically just instill so much fear if we didn't cut certain people out. And we were not ready sometimes to cut people out. We didn't go through our own process with it. We have to grieve. There's a certain level of awareness. You know, we weren't ready to do that. So it damaged a lot of our relationships because of that. Of course. Yeah. And then, you know, months, years later, even still repairing and apologizing and trying to figure out ways to rectify that in our own lives, because a lot of the things that were said and done 
weren't through us, but through manipulation. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I remembered something I wanted to share too, going back to the, to the shame and about certain rules being told that our hair has our soul's DNA and we cannot dye it mm. for them to later go dye their hair is very, it's questionable and it's unfair. And again, makes you put that shame on yourself Yeah, because there's all of these rules that just aren't, that just don't make sense. Right. Yeah. And if you think of someone entering into the spiritual world, maybe they're new to it. You're going to feel so overwhelmed with information that you're going to seek a mentor. That's so normal to want to seek someone who you trust and feel like, wow, they look like the version of spirituality that I want to be. Cause you're seeing an outside perspective, especially online. Right. So that's exactly what I did and what Callie did. And when we saw this person, this individual, it looked like everything we wanted. So we were like, perfect. And then it's like, okay, they know what they're doing to get these people to come in. And then when you're in it, it's like a lock in a cage. You're just in it so deeply. And it's because we had no idea what we were doing. So there's that very vulnerable state that you're in when you're new to something that if you're not careful, it can manifest into what we experienced. And that's where it's like, okay, look at what these online mentors are teaching, what their energy is like, and use that before anything. Don't even listen to what they're saying. Just look at them and feel with your body because you're going to get a yes or no. And even if it's very subtle, just listen to energy. Don't listen to the words that they say because words can have manipulation behind them. So I think that's a really big thing that I've taught my clients is like your body will tell you the truth. Yes, absolutely. And even going in with being a spiritual newbie, of course, it's so much easier to be manipulated because you're blindly following what you're being told and believing everything so deeply because why would someone lie to me? You know, like it's a big life lesson for a lot of people to go through this experience, but why wouldn't it be true? This person is very gifted. They have, you know, this connection and they do know some things about me. They do have a connection and definitely have convinced me through their channel, through their power, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I mean, that's in itself, not normal. It's not normal to blindly follow and believe everything someone says. And when you're doing it from such a newbie standpoint too, you believe that it is so real that you try to convince everyone in your life that it's real. And that's how a cult starts. Mm -hmm. Because I remember being in university when this was all happening. And when I was talking about, you know, what I was learning and everything, everyone looked at me like I was crazy. And I do want to make a point. I'm still very spiritual and believe in most things that most people don't, (laughs) but these things were so extreme to another level that it just wasn't, it didn't even make sense on any, any level. And it was coming from a place of fear. I was going to say that it wasn't rooted in love and you can feel there's a massive difference with anything that we believe in. And we're not over here trying to shove our beliefs and our conspiracies down anyone's throats. We'll post about them. That's what we have the free will to do on our social medias. However, we're not telling you that if you're not convinced by what we have to say, that someone's coming for you. We're basically saying like, this is our truth and our truth feels good to us. And that's how you build a community that feels really enlightened and empowered versus if you don't believe what I have to say, then fear, hell, torture, all this shit is coming to you because that's exactly (laughs) what we experienced. And it was terrifying, terrifying to feel that many nights we stayed up terrified because we thought demons were coming for us. And let me tell you, have I had many actually scary spiritual experiences? No, definitely not. But at the time I thought that they were so possible to happen for me because I lived in that state all of the time. (laughs) Right. And that's another big, important thing to realize is the only way you attract those energies to you is if you are manifesting that frequency within you. Yeah. Because once this connection was cut off, I am not kidding. I have not had one negative energy. Same actually. In my space, (laughs) in my space where we have, we were told we would have to spend 
six hours, you know, saging and cleansing the home. And that is not normal. That is not living. That is traumatizing. Yeah, honestly, actually, we should talk about Christmas a little bit. So to talk about how serious and how deep we were in it as two very, you know, logical women that can use their head and feel energy. It's just wild to think of how not only we were impacted, but our families were so deeply impacted. Josh was impacted. Callie's boyfriend, Leland, like so deeply. It was insane. So So deeply involved. (laughs) So deeply, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Christmas of 2020, Callie was experiencing a lot of dark stuff and she was home from university. Um, Again, we were very involved in this individual and she was guiding the way for us. We were actually, I should say, we were receiving coaching from her, spiritual coaching. So we had no idea. This is what her role was to us, to mentor us and to show us the way and to heal and all of these things. So we were very vulnerable and we had a trust, a trust that we didn't question because we didn't think we could. And when we did, we were shamed and shunned and told that our intuition was wrong and hers was right. And that we can't listen to ourselves because the healing, our shadows are taking over and talking for us. And it's just not true. So Back in December, Christmas of 2020, Callie was at my dad's house and she was, I mean, you can talk about what you were experiencing if you want. Yeah. I mean, I won't lie. I was definitely experiencing dark energy. I was having really, really bad astral, like astral dreams where I was getting trapped in my dreams. There was energies in the house that I could still see and feel there was, it was happening a hundred percent. And I know that because I know I'm so in tune with that energy, but I mean, I was really deep, deeply manifesting that frequency for it to be attracted to me. Yeah. And I think there was that part of me that I wasn't so deep into as much of the astral stuff, because that's not how my intuition really works, um, uniquely, but Callie's does. So when I wasn't experiencing these things, I approached our mentor and I said like, Oh, I don't feel these energies in the home and what Callie's experiencing, but I could, I know Callie wasn't lying. I could feel Callie's fear. And I definitely took that as real. So it was Christmas day. And the night before was horrible. We all didn't have a good sleep. There were definitely weird things happening within the home. Callie had a really scary experience. And so My dad was made aware. My dad's very spiritual and does believe in dark energies and does believe in all of these things um, and is very honestly open to our spiritual path and wouldn't question most things. He was like, yep, I felt things too. And I remember Callie sitting there so sleep deprived and depressed and just like scared. She was just so scared. She couldn't stop crying all Christmas morning, crying, crying, crying. And I didn't feel a thing. I felt fine. I was like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I don't feel any negative energy. So there must be something wrong with me. And we were on FaceTime with our mentor at the time. And through coaching, I was working on healing parts of where I felt I abandoned Callie. And these are things that were very sensitive to me, very real We went through a period of time where I left to go to college and Callie didn't have anyone. And I feel like I had left her. So it was very deep in my healing of that. And what our mentor did in front of our entire family is basically pretended that she was channeling my dead grandmother, who I love a lot, and said that my grandma was mad at me because I wasn't taking this serious. I wasn't going to sit there and help Callie. And I'd already abandoned her once. So now I'm abandoning her again. And my grandma was mad at me for that. And a lot of people in the room didn't know I was even healing that. Like I was with my dad, my stepmom, my step siblings, Josh, like this was all not meant to be said in a public setting. And so I was immediately, there's my slap on the wrist for not being in a fear state. So what did we have to do? Callie, you can tell, share what we did from there. So essentially we did this. I don't even know how long it took three hours, it was three or four hours, three or four hour essentially like ritual to release the dark energies that were attached to my dad. And we had to say this spell over about 
honestly like 500 times I don't even know how many yeah it was high up there (laughs) it was and keep in mind this was on Christmas day the three of us are in the basement nobody else could be involved we were told all the kids had to stay in their rooms like Christmas day yeah and there was no other time we could do it there was no other time we were allowed to do it. If we didn't do it now, there was going to be more danger coming to us. And of course I was in distraught. I was in so much fear because it had been months and months and months. I'd been fear mongered into the state and it was just, it was fucking horrible. Honestly. And of course, like our step siblings, their rooms were in the basement that we were doing this. Honestly, this ritual they, I think they said, mom, it looks like there, there's a cult downstairs. They literally said that out loud. I'm pretty sure Cody said that, our stepbrother. Um, he's, how old is he now? 17? He's turning 18? Yeah. Yes. So like he is old enough to understand that this shit doesn't make sense. This was Josh's first Christmas with our family. This is what he experienced. This is where I say I absolutely love that man because... If I saw that, I don't know how I respond. He had to sit upstairs with my stepmom and watch sports for four hours on Christmas Day. And we had to hold hands and just repeat this spell so many times. I was the one marking it down. So I would lose track and we'd have to start again from like a certain number. We had to have certain herbs. We had to have certain crystals. We had to do everything a certain way. And of course, our mentor was there for the first little bit, but it was Christmas Day. So she had to go and be with her family. So like, of course, she couldn't stay the whole time. And it was just honestly, when I say this out loud now, I cannot believe that like our whole family was witness to this. Cody, our stepbrother was scared because he's like, what the heck? And he came out halfway through the ritual. And then we had to like stage him because then the the demons were going to get him and Poor little Izzy, our stepsister, who's like probably 11 or 12 at the time, had to stay in her room, but she could hear us chanting the ritual. Like, how scary is that whole experience for them? Uh, Because that's not normal. No. And like, this was one of many, 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 many occasions where this happened, um, where, you know, we would have to spend hours cleansing or saging our spaces because our mentor was experiencing experiencing something and we had to you know help and we had to take so much time out of our own lives and so much energy and be in a fearful state because I don't know it was just honestly horrible to the point where I remember last May I had moved into my new apartment at this point I'm in such a fearful state um yeah because let's say like we started working with this individual September of 20. 20, I think is when I started working. Yeah, it was. So yeah, that's and then a chunk of time. May, 2021, I have moved across the country. I'm done school. I'm moving into a new space. And I was just in such a fear of state, especially because I'm in a new environment, you know, across the country, it's a big adjustment. And again, that fear followed me. And I just remember so many things happened that one night I was just completely broken down on the couch basically hyperventilating, crying in so much fear saying that I'm at the point where I don't even want to live. If this is what my life gets to be, mm-hmm. I don't want to live in a fearful state like this anymore. And I remember at that point I was like, what is going on? Yeah. What is going on? And it was one of the worst, worst things. Like I was like, I need to call my dad. Like I am so scared and that's not normal. Okay. No. It's not normal not to live <laughs> in that state. And it's, That's how we can see how deep manipulation goes because there was nothing actually going on. So picture us experiencing this and say our partners who are not involved in it, looking at us. And I had, you know, I had an experience where I was physically throwing up because I believed that someone's evil soul had overtaken my body. And I was throwing up throwing up physically because someone's soul who's actually the most beautiful soul ever, but we were told that she was evil had taken over my body and stolen all of my Reiki energy that you can't even do. But, and I knew that I was still a Reiki teacher. I know no one can come and steal my energy. It's not mine. It's sources energy. And I believed that I'd never be able to teach Reiki again, do another Reiki session because this evil soul had stolen all of it from me. And I was throwing up as a result, (laughs) like, The people looking outside in 
our partners are probably like, what, what is going on? This oh is yeah. So extreme. They, they saw it all. And even friends that I had a specific friend, I cut out of my life during this time who I've recently reconnected with literally told me, she was like, what was going on with you? Like, I always accepted you for your spiritual path, but one day you're screaming in your room and I'm like, is she okay? And I'm like, Aww. Oh my God, she had yeah. no idea. So it's, yeah, there's so much to be said. There's so much to be said that I feel like this could really be like a three hour <laughs> podcast. Episode. And those are just like some of the, but there's personal. more. Yeah. We're going to talk about more of like what the key things to look for if you're in one of these experiences in a cult, um, what the key things to look for. You've heard some of our own personal experiences and how, again, all just rooted in fear, right? Like that's the yeah. biggest thing. We should just go down this list. We've already yeah. kind of talked about them, but if we that's go the down problem. the list, just yeah. so everyone knows. So one, it's not normal to blindly follow and believe everything someone says as if they're the one and ultimate prophet or leader or just individual with the information that will allow you to live an enlightened life. That mm-hmm. is a cult. Yes, absolutely. Blindly follow too is like a really key one where you don't question yourself or your own feelings. So another thing on the list is it is not normal to be shunned out of a spiritual community and turned against for listening to your own intuition, which we witnessed many times when people started questioning, when we started questioning, it was immediately you were being kind of (laughs) exploited and then pushed out, shunned from the community entirely, which we saw many times when we were even still involved it was any questions against it. Nope. You're out. You're, you're shunned. Like, which leads into the next one. It is not normal for there to be multiple individuals or victims of these groups who have been shunned and labeled as evil, dark, satanic, or even in this case, reptilian to turn the remainder of the community against them. Mm. That is not normal. And you know, when there's over 10, 15, 20 people who this has happened to I'm sorry, but it's not those individuals. Mm -hmm. It is not, it is not, and it's not okay. And even being in the group, I was personally told, heaven was personally told that people in our lives were also these things Mm -hmm. and how to navigate those relationships since then. Well, I mean, I lost a lot of people in my life because I was told they were dark and that terrified me to be associated with them. Absolutely. And as we talk about who we experienced this whole thing with, I have had a dozen people come forward to me because they know how closely related and tied I was to this person, our mentor at the time. That is not normal when they're scared. One, they're scared to talk to me about it. And I understand because we've been so scared to even make this podcast episode because they're scared that maybe that wasn't why we caught her out, but they need that support because when you leave something like this, you're left with nothing. You feel like you have nothing. You have no more belief system because it's all been based on lies. You have no more faith in your spirituality because you don't even know what that is. So they seek something else. And that's where I've had so many people from this same mentor, the same cult leader come to me and it devastates me because I've felt, and I've been put in a position of when do I speak up? When do I talk about this? When do I actually realize how serious and dangerous this is and that it shouldn't be happening? Mind you, I'm still trying to navigate my own healing with it and my own fears based on what is this going to do to my business? My own business has been attacked, has been affected by this. I've lost people because again, going back to that point, if someone speaks differently than what that leader says, they're evil. So I've been told that I'm evil and that I use Reiki to manipulate. And she told her community this because they've, her community, once they're out of it, has approached me saying this. And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's what happens when you're in a cult and someone who's outside of it, who was once in it, they are like the most evil, reptilian, you know, scary individuals that turns people against them. Yeah. Which goes exactly into the next point. It's not normal to be afraid to expose the people who lead these groups. And like (laughs) Kevin was just saying, 
it's been like an internal battle for I know the both of us for so long dealing with the healing of it, the other victims who have come forward. What do we do? Because do we let people learn their own lessons through this experience? Because we're still so fearful to speak up. And even when we've tried, and I'm telling you, I've tried, it's come back to me saying, no, I don't want to have the conversation anymore because I know that they probably went to her and then something was said back to make them afraid of me. So, you know, it's such a gray area because you don't know what to do. We want to protect these people, but we're afraid. They're already afraid of us. It's like, and then there's also that part (laughs) where we do believe in a higher power. And we do believe that before we come onto this planet, we know kind of experiences that we have to go through to grow. We had to go through this experience to grow. We had to be in this world to grow and to understand what spirituality is for us and start basically from the ground up again. And so these individual souls also chose the same thing. And we can't interfere with that. We can do what we can to lead and to guide through love. And that's exactly what we've tried to do. And that's why even we were so hesitant and almost waiting for permission to even talk about something like this. Like I have asked so many people, do Callie and I come out with this? Like, when do I talk about it? When do I, you know, make this public on my business page? Like, when do I do it? I'm asking for permission again outside of me when it's like, Yesterday, Callie says, no, (laughs) I've been talking and learning about cults. We're doing this. So I think that was our permission slip. And just knowing that now is the right time because we went so long with going like back and forth in circles. And it was just such random timing. Like I was just bored starting to go into this (laughs) dark rabbit hole of cults. And I'm like, wow, this must be for a reason, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, we'll talk about the next point. <laughs> it is not normal to be in a consistent state of fear against the dark slash evil that is coming after you. And this was so extreme to the point where if we looked out the window, we were told that certain spirits, they were called archons, which I haven't actually used that word since I was heavily involved with this individual. Archons are watching me from the windows looking in at me. Oh my God, that's so scary. Holy fuck. My body just right now started to freak out because that is the scariest fucking thought when you're just trying to do your thing. We were told that these archons were looking at us through our windows, staring at us, spying on us at all times. And if we felt, you know, when you feel like someone's watching you and you can make that feeling up if you're in a fear state and manipulated, you can make that up that, you know, they're watching us and spying on us and we're not fully safe at any point. That's a really scary place to be in, to be in your house and still scared. Oh yeah. The archons were definitely a big one. (laughs) And even, you know, this truck that passed by my house in Kingston scared Maisie, my cat Maisie, and she scratched me. And I was told, well, a dark soul sent that truck by. So Maisie would scratch me. So I would get hurt. You know, these things are just so unreal and, um, just, yeah, just unbelievable. And the thing is, as most people in this community know at this point, your mind can run off imagination or truth. You know, that's how manifesting works. The more you imagine something, the realer it can become for you. So when you're being manipulated into these things, it feels so real because your brain is running off of that. It's capable of that. It's intelligent. It's smart. Um, I do want to make a note though, like I was saying about the frequencies of, you know, attracting dark, darker energies. It's highly possible that this mentor of ours was actually experiencing these dark energies because Mm -hmm. she was likely in this frequency of attracting it to her. Absolutely. But just because she was doesn't mean that that had to become what her community was a part of. And that wasn't fair to everyone who was involved, who then their life turned into this fear mongering state and having to always be protecting not only ourselves, but her. Yeah. And that is exhausting because again, she was viewed as the prophet in a sense, the leader. And so if she was experiencing something dark, we basically had to drop all of our commitments, all of our, anything that we had planned, even clients, there were points where I had to reschedule clients so that we could sit there for hours and cleanse for her. And that was exhausting. That was so not okay. I, and that's why I think when we left, we felt that lightness. I felt like I could breathe for the first time in 
a year, honestly, it was, oh my gosh, it was so, I wish I could feel that again. That lightness was so extreme. I mean, I do feel all the time now, but I'm not in it. It was Um, so quiet. It was so quiet. And it was like, wow, I have free time again because all of my, all of our free time was being put to saving and protecting our profit, our leader. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Which goes into the next one. It's not normal to be shunned for speaking up for what you believe in or what you may be disagreeing with. Absolutely. Um, That one is just pretty self-explanatory kind of goes into everything it is a major red flag if you cannot express your own truth. No, it is what it is. Yeah. Not okay. And that again, we experienced many times, or if we doubted that we were really under attack, we were shunned, you know, and that's where I think there were many points where our own intuition was trying to get our attention, but we didn't know what that was or what that looked like. Cause we weren't we were paying her to teach us what that looks like. And we were taught something differently. So when it did show up, we didn't know what it was. And all of my coaching clients know that we don't have to believe in the exact same things for us to work together. We have a pretty good sense of alignment, but if you choose to do something else for your better power and your, uh, with your better judgment, you won't receive any shame or guilt from me. That is, you know, you know better than I do. It's your soul and your body. Yeah. I mean, you can disagree with this entire episode and we will say that's fine. (laughs) But you know, like it's our experience. Mm -hmm. And I just had this other point come to mind that I wanted to share. Usually in these groups too, there's a promise or there's a, there's almost a lot of complimenting. What is it called? Love bombing. So you're brought, you're brought to look like this. I don't even know how to explain it, but basically we were told that we were also these very, very powerful beings and we were going to be doing this in life and this in life and this in life. And it seemed crazy. We were all going to be so rich and happy and powerful and, you know, like really just lifted up and given these promises where it's a, different in religious cults. Usually it's like, you're going to get a promise to go to heaven Mm -hmm. or be lifted, you know, go to Zion, whatever, all those things that they say. But this one specifically was a little bit differently. It was almost like the compliments, you know, that's, that's how manipulation starts, drags you in. I forgot about that whole piece to it. Absolutely. Like there were moments, you know, I did Reiki on this individual every single week and the compliments I received afterwards. And yes, what I do is absolutely the most beautiful thing. And I'm so honored to be able to hold that space for people. But to the level that she praised me, I started to take on these beliefs of like, that I was higher than some other people. And that's not okay. That doesn't even make sense to like, now that I'm out of it. I would never think that I don't believe that at all that I'm higher than anyone else just because I do this. Like it was so insane. And then, you know, when someone's praising you so much, what does the ego want? It wants more praise. So what do you do? You stay where you're receiving that love. And that can be really conflicting when it's both fear and praise at the same time. Yes, exactly. Which goes right in, right into the one. It's not normal for the leader to denote themselves of a higher authority than you. And they may not directly do this, but they may do it in the way that I'm so gifted and you have to become so enlightened to tap into the same intuition and gifts as me because it took me my life to do this. It's my life's work. It's all I spend my life doing, you know, just like completely unrealistic. Nobody could ever get to this level unless you meditate eight hours a day. And it's just, it's honestly not true. It's not true. (laughs) No, it's that's again, where we show people, well, I'm showing people through coaching we're not any different. You and I, like we are all gifted. It's just about choosing if we want to use these gifts to better tap into joy, to abundance, to a life that can feel freeing and liberating. And that doesn't make us different. We can all access these emotions and what that feels like. And that's spiritual. That is spiritual. But this part where we're using our channel, which I definitely do know that I have a channel and I am connected, but to say that we can, you know, predict the future and know all these things that no one else can know. And, you know, it's not okay. And to feel like you can't also do the same thing you can, if you choose to tap into mediumship abilities, you absolutely can. Anyone can, 
anyone Absolute. on the planet. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. It's so true. And it's just that spiritual ego, you know, yeah. God, just- God, if you want to call him God or higher power does not make one person a little bit more broken than the other one. We are all made with the same abilities to do the same things. We're all made, you know, perfect. So yeah, that means that we have our channel. That means we are able to tune into whatever we want to. And yes, you know, it looks different with your intuitive abilities, whatever's stronger for you, it's going to look a little different, but that doesn't mean that it's not the same thing. <laughs> it's all the same. Yes. And naturally I will say it's normal especially in the coaching community or the spiritual community to look up to your coach and be inspired by them. That's the reason you're working with them because there's a part of them, a part of their life that you really admire mm-hmm. and would really like to create for yourself. However, that's very different than basically worshiping someone yeah. and taking again, everything they say blindly and just not questioning them and looking up to them as if they're a prophet of some sort. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that can kind of, oh, I see there's two actually. Um, I'll get to the first one. It's not normal to lose everyone in your life because you've been isolated by this group, which we experienced. Yes, for my own healing, did I have to remove a lot of people? That was just bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Was I ready to do that? No, I wasn't ready to do it how I did it. Um, a lot of the people in my past did make it a little bit easier when I left and moved to the mountains. But there were people in my life that I wasn't ready to just cold cut and I did it. And it's being isolated like that again, brings me back to being in a toxic relationship. That's what they want is you isolated. Cause then you can't think for yourself or you have no one questioning what the prophet is saying. Cause you're all by yourself. You're already manipulated yes. into it. Yes. I completely agree. It's so normal going on a spiritual path to lose a few people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people fall out of alignment in your life and that's really normal, but everyone at once. And because you're being told, you know, they're this or they're that, or, you know, whatever. And it's so sudden, like this happened to me at university. It was one of the hardest things I've ever gone through, literally moved out of my house. You know, Mm -hmm. it's serious stuff. It really is. And it follows you. Those are lessons you'll never let go of and things that you'll hold on to until you heal them. And it's really not easy to go that route. Like it's not. No, Cause yes, we're out of the situation, but all of our actions that we did while under the influence of this individual, they are undone. They are still happening. The amount of people that Callie and I had to apologize to and men relationships with, because we were acting out totally not out of who we really authentically are, but under, you know, again, the guise of someone else and what they thought was best for us. We've apologized to so many people. And luckily they were also all victims. So they just basically said, girl, you don't have to worry about it. Now, like one of them is like, we talk every day. She's one of my best friends. I love her so much. Like we're both pregnant at the same time. No, same, like multiple people who have come forward, other victims, other people we've apologized to. I have amazing relationships with. I'm super close with them. Same with heaven because we can all relate on that level. Yeah. And I think it was, you know, at the end of the day, everything is meant to happen for a reason. We're all connected for that reason. Yeah, it's true. So we can move on to the next one, which we did kind of touch on. It's not normal for someone to know more about you and your life than you yourself. And the first thing that comes to mind for me with that is just, we'll put a trigger warning, sexual assault. We're going to talk a little bit about sexual assault because as we mentioned how dangerous this was, it was really dangerous. Um, So uh, Someone, a prophet, a leader should not know that you've gone through a sexual assault before you have. Yes, we understand and can kind of grasp that the human mind will block certain things out as a coping mechanism. We do know that that happens in trauma. However, to say that the leader or the prophet can sit there and see the entire experience as if they were there to witness it and then basically have more control and more power and tell you what happened versus you even remembering. Like there were moments where it was like, yeah, I can see everything that you went through when I couldn't, and I couldn't remember. And do you know how like belittling that can feel someone else knowing your whole memory and you don't, even though that's not true, but 
that's not okay ever. No, no. And like even a more generic, I guess, example would be, you know, with my partner, I was told, you know, things might be rocky. This might not work out. And then a month later, after doing the ritual on my dad for Christmas, I was told, yeah, your reward from doing that is that you get to keep this relationship. And that is just, I, I forgot for Leland was the reward. <laughs> I know. And you didn't even like, know that it was a possibility like that. You know, of course, if there's situations going on where it's a little rocky, but he didn't know that he was the reward. He was just living his everyday life. And you're over here like, wow, I get to keep Leland because I did the five hour ritual. <laughs> yeah. So it's just things like that. How could someone know the timelines I'm experiencing or I'm going to experience more than I can? And it really does take your free will away from you, mm-hmm. which I really is horrible. It's a horrible feeling. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. It is not normal for someone to tell you what makes you spiritual slash enlightened versus not spirituality can be applied to however you want it to be. I think that the basic root of it is that you approach life from a very grounded, you believe in a higher power, potentially that you want to approach things with love and you want to experience more happiness. That's like a very generic way to talk about spirituality. What I see that doesn't even resonate with you. That's okay. But we had a very, again, those rules and this is what made you spiritual. And this is what didn't make you spiritual. Yeah. I absolutely don't resonate with that because (laughs) I mean, even going through divine feminine awakenings, you discover that being the divine feminine and embracing your divine feminine is literally doing whatever the heck you want, whenever you want to do it how it feels good for you. And of course, I don't mean like going and ruining your life, but I mean, if you want to go ruin your life, that's what you want to do. But if I one night want to go out and drink, I'm going to. Yeah. But if the other night I want to sleep and go to bed at 9 p.m., I will. It's about embracing whatever you want. There's no rules. There are no rules, rather awareness. Mm -hmm. Awareness is super important. Know what you're drinking. Know what it is you're eating. You know, when I'm eating certain foods that I know are bad for me, trust me, I know. (laughs) You feel it. You feel it. And that's so important. Honestly, I think that's where we see so many people get stuck in the paralysis where they don't take any actions because they feel they're like, Mm -hmm. there's so many rules that then they're just stuck. (laughs) Yeah. They're just stuck in it. And it's like being a human on this planet is a spiritual experience in itself looking outside and seeing mother earth that is spiritual and that is enough and it's not rooted in lack it's all of these things are lack when you can just look outside and see that that's a spiritual being pregnant and birthing a human that is so spiritual to me now where it's like wow we are already spiritual it's just about saying yes we are or no we're not it's really that simple yeah there's no rules there's no rules. no rules. And the best part about this experience is you get to create your own rules, yep. whether they're going to kill you a hundred year at a hundred years or 50 years, you know, like that's your experience. I can't tell anyone what to do. That's the thing. You can't tell people what to do. No. You can't change someone. Everyone has to do it for themselves. Yep. Exactly. Okay. All right. So I think those are the main things that, you know, our little list of it's not normal, <laughs> but I think we're just going to quickly talk about the difference between cults versus community on Instagram and Mm -hmm. especially in the spiritual community, because I did have someone ask about this. That's good. What green flags are. Yes. Yes. Okay. I love that so much. So firstly, you are allowed to speak up, to share your own opinions. (laughs) Even if it's different, there's so many moments in my DMS where you know, I'll say something and someone says, I don't fully agree. This is why I don't take that as attack. I say, that's beautiful. That's great. Amazing. And then we move on. We have our conversation and I learn and they learn and there you go. That's really open and loving. Yeah. I mean, who are we to think that in this world with billions of people, every single person is going to live by all of the same ideologies, rules, ways of living. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Heaven and I probably most of our lives are completely different, you know, like things we do day to day. It's, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. 
you're allowed to use your own intuition. In fact, I say it's highly encouraged. Please use your own intuition. If something feels right, it's right. If something, use your discernment. You know, you have this gift. Everyone is born with intuition. Something feels off, trust that it's off. And that is all that has to be. But you're allowed to use your own intuition. If that looks different, that's beautiful. Again, it's fluid. Intuition doesn't look like one certain thing. It's there's so many ways it speaks to you. Absolutely. You aren't shunned for your decisions, oppositions, anything that you may question specifically. You're not ghosted. You're not treated differently. You're not treated negatively, poorly. You're not speaking down to. Yeah. Spoken spoken down to. Oops. That's okay. (laughs) But it's, you know, it's not, again, it's not normal to disagree with something and then be told, oh, there must be ulterior motives here. Um, I'm not okay with this when you're simply just expressing something. Yeah. You know, like that, that's abusive. That is abuse. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is what a lot of all of this is. Um, and you're allowed to question things. Absolutely. In a community, it's actually, again, encouraged because that brings in all different points of views. And that can be a really beautiful thing to build off of. I find it's so fun to see other people's perspectives and opinions and all coming from a very rooted in love type of way. That's what we love to see in community. That's what I love to build within community. And it needs to happen or else it's not a community at all, at all. If you can't question anything, then there's this, there's a situation going on. And I also want to say too, for anyone coming out of a potential situation where you feel like you were in a cult or affected by someone or know someone who's in a cult, please reach out to me. Please reach out to Callie. I know we make it very, I make my place very open for anyone to come in and, you know, share what their experiences, but seriously, we understand the aftermath and how isolating it feels and how confusing it feels and how scary Callie and I actually question, like, do we see a therapist for this? What do we do from here? Like we were so not okay. We spent like days numb. I know I was numb as I was trying to process because it was too much for me coming out of it. Whereas I think it was a bit different for you. Um, then after the numbness, I felt the lightness, but Mm. in that period of numbness, it was hard. And I, we felt like we didn't have anyone. We didn't know where to go. We didn't know who to talk to. We didn't know who was safe to talk to because we were still under that whole thought that no one, it wasn't okay to talk to anyone about this. Um, so please, if you've experienced this, know that we're open doors in our DMS for you to come to, and we can help navigate as much as we can. Again, these are lived experiences, so we can help there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was really just disbelief and fear. Mm-hmm. And again, not knowing who you can trust. Um, and I think every victim felt like that because the others that we reached out to, to apologize to really thought that we were doing it with mm-hmm. ulterior negative motives and that we were still in on, you know, some sort of like game scheme, game and it's horrifying. And I think the worst part is most people don't realize that they're in it yeah. and they think it's normal. They think this information given to them is normal. And again, I'm very spiritual. So is heaven. And a lot of the spiritual stuff that we learn and we apply to our lives may not make logical sense to, you know, the average person, but some of the stuff is just absolutely unreal and you know, it's not okay. So yes, please feel free to reach out. I know heaven definitely has more of an open platform. I'm not really operating right now, but I'm still there. If anyone needs anything, we've both gone through it just as much as the other has. We've both had very different experiences with it too, because of different ways of involvement. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, again, we could sit here for hours talking about the stories. I was just thinking so many stories are coming to my head. I know. I'm like, holy, like again, A lot of these happen day to day, but there were massive experiences throughout this that while yes, we're here to talk about our own experience, but we're really here to educate and we're not here to talk and root in hate. We're not here to do that. We're just here to bring awareness that we know is what the spiritual journey is and what we need to do. And 
for those that we do think are experiencing this, it's important to have something to at least get those wheels, maybe turning a little bit and thinking, Oh, is this normal? Because that's what we want. We didn't know at the time, but maybe if I had listened to something like this, something would have shifted a little bit sooner, like a little bit sooner for me. Um, if I was open to it, I don't know what it would have been like when I was so involved, but if you have any questions too, um, anything at all, like you listen to this and you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, if you want to hear more experiences, please reach out to us and we can talk in voice memos, DMS, anything like that. If you have a specific yeah. question, we're here to talk about it. That's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. I think, you know, the time, the time is here for us to talk about this. Finally, mm-hmm. whatever anyone may be experiencing similar or have experienced again, feel free to reach out. My only hope with this episode is really that people can understand how dangerous this is, can get the support they need and maybe awaken if they are a a current victim or a past victim to this, because it is very damaging Mm -hmm. if you don't realize. And I think overall, even being able to come out and talk about this is very healing for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's a big part that was taken is our voice and our throat chakra. And so here we are, bitches. (laughs) Releasing the fear, opening the throat chakra back up. Yeah, it's been too long. Yeah, it has. So yeah, thank you to everyone for listening to all of this. Um, We're all over here sitting in love and light, honestly. Like we feel really good now. We don't experience anything scary especially me working still so heavily with this stuff, this energy, Reiki, all of the things, spiritual mentorship. Like I don't experience anything scary. So that's how, you know, (laughs) we're doing things good over here, but yeah, thank you everyone for listening and we will chat with you very soon. Bye guys. Bye.